Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast, dedicated to modern sales and marketing, innovation, and leadership. Here's your host, Ian Altman. Hey, it's Ian Altman. I'm joined this week by Greg Dickinson. Greg is the founder of Amadim. They're a SaaS company that deals with online demos and online video delivery. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes when it comes to demos and online video, how the buyer has changed, and how you can make sure to deliver the right information to your customers when they need it, as opposed to just dumping a bunch of stuff on them and hoping they'll figure it out. It's a really fascinating discussion with Greg Dickinson. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Ian, thank you, and thanks for the opportunity. Looking forward to it. You betcha. Can you share something surprising about you that our audience may not know? Well, I'm a I'm a woodworker, so I uh, I'm, I'm, I guess it's if you know woodworking, I'm a Norm Norm Abram wannabe. So that's what I do when I'm not working. Uh, I, I find it to be a hobby that I it forces me because I don't want to cut off any fingers. It forces me to think about that and not think about work. And since I'm a serial entrepreneur and I love doing this, it kind of gives me a time away from the, from the day-to-day, you know, work and fun and excitement to concentrate on something that I, uh, I'm not that good at it, but I certainly enjoy doing it. Well, then we can have a detailed discussion at some point about the, um, the hand railing that I have to restain and I'm dreading because, you know, I always bring in people who are experts in in wood and and finishing, and it's like all of a sudden it's like you know this area needs a little stain, but man, I forget which stain they used. Oh, that's right, they get it a custom stain. So I've thought to myself, you know what? We're just gonna have to remove that whole railing. They're gonna have to strip it out and restain it because if they try to touch it up, it's just not gonna look right. But um, yeah, that that the um, it, it's funny because I'll do electrical stuff, plumbing stuff, all sorts of different things around the house. Short of doing big framing type wood stuff, any finished wood stuff, um, it it always looks like somebody who, you know, was poorly suited to the task took the effort because the precision that's involved in good woodwork has eluded me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but if you looked around my house, you would find – uh, all furniture that is not necessarily something my wife wanted tomorrow because my projects tend to take a long time. So it's, it's like, I want a new kitchen table. I'm like, great. Do, can I, do I have six months? So I make a kitchen table. Hey, how about a grandfather clock? Great. We don't need that right away. Cause we got plenty of clocks. Let me work on that. How about end tables? And, and I, you know, off I go, I spend majority of my time making my wood shop really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and well, she, you know, it's she, beautiful. she gets confused by that. Like you're spending 90% of your time on making sure your shop is really nice. All the Cabinets. The cabinets are nicer there than they are in the kitchen. Hey, yeah. that's okay. I look at my shop. <laughs> that's right. They were they were beautifully beautifully done. So right. so though though many people in the audience may be thinking, man, I hope Ian and Greg are going to spend a lot of time talking about woodworking. Um, I want to tap into your expertise when it comes to how customers make decisions, and especially in the world of online demos and videos. So, what's the biggest mistake or misconception? that you see that businesses have when it comes to demos? Yeah, so I think that the, the, the major problem that we're tackling is that, you know, you hear a lot. We all have heard this. Ian, you've heard this. Some of your podcasts, actually, people have talked about this, is the buyer has changed, right? And, and I, I've heard that for five years. And I really, like, what, what does it mean? So what? The buyer has changed. And what we really have found out is that the, 
the amount of time a salesperson spends with a prospect is about 5% of their quote unquote buyer journey. And if, you know, if, if that's the case and they're, they're, the buyer is clearly spending a lot of time on a digital channel, right? They're, they're, they're on the web, they're on your website, they're learning. And yet our demo is analog. The only way to get a demo is to fill out the requested demo button. Well, the requested demo button, the bounce rate is 85%, which pretty much says buyers don't like that process because they know, quote unquote, what's going to happen when they fill that out. So I think that misconception that companies are making is that the that, that let's hold that demo hostage so we can get the email and the title and all this information and buyers won't do that. They'll go someplace else, right? They have the opportunity to go and learn and investigate and do their problem definition and their supplier selection. So if you're selling software, why is it that you don't want to put that software front and center and allow that buyer, right, to to experience it? And 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 coupled with that same kind of problem of how much time you spend with your with your uh, your buyer is that the buying teams have gotten larger, right? And 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 Gartner says there are between six and nine people. Well, not all of them get on a get on a call, so. A, a digital experience allows that that buyer to experience the product for themselves. And Ian, you may go to a software company looking for something, and you're going to have five or ten questions that are pertinent to your job, right? You're you're a CFO, or you're marketing, or you're sales, you're a technical buyer, and and, and that's what you want to know, and you want to get your answers and get out. The other eight people on the buying team have a whole other set of questions, and so an analog right demo doesn't always suit that audience well it, it it sometimes leaves the audience thinking you don't do something because you didn't cover it in your in your demo so the demo has become a real challenge for organizations and 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 and, and people i think they're forgetting it because they've always used the demo as kind of a hey if we hold this out then we'll make people put their email in then we can market to them and sell to them and now we have an mql and isn't that great and gosh is that the business you're in or are you in the business to sell software Exactly. Well, and I think that there's the notion of a marketing qualified lead is somebody who filled out a form, which may have nothing to do with qualification whatsoever. Or someone said, hey, research this. You got somebody who says, yeah, I looked at this thing. It could be your competitor, and you've got them as a marketing qualified lead because they filled out a form, which I think is funny in and of itself. One of the things that I think about that that I see is a huge mistake for people is they have this pre-scripted demo, and everyone gets the same demo. Now, you know, before before I jump to the conclusion there, what's the mistake of that notion of, hey, here's our demo. We're going to show you all these features. Yeah. So so you hit the nail on the head, right? And and and, and I this isn't too far out of bounds, but that's it, termed in the industry a show up and throw up demo, right? The 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 person given that demo, and and today a lot of that has moved to the inside sales, the BDR, the SDR to give that you know that first impression, if you will. And the problem with that is. Your buyer is in a phase at the top of the funnel where they're trying to understand they've, – they've kind of come up with a problem definition on their own. They're starting to go through a, a, a kind of a supplier selection, and they need to – they need you to show them your software solves my problem. It adds this value. It gives me this benefit, and oftentimes the demo is let me show you the 49 features we have, and you expect – that buyer to connect the dots say, oh, those four features solve my workflow problem. Those four features solve my communication problem. Those three features so solve my reporting problem. Boy, 
I, that's actually putting a lot of burden on the buyer. Instead, the seller should be saying, let me start off with, here's how we solve these five problems. Are these the five problems you're looking to solve, right? And I think that's where a lot of the mistakes are made. Again, it's the it's the analog kind of approach to uh, the demo as a, as a quote unquote required step or that, you know, Hey, they asked for a demo. Let's just give it to them and give it to them with a, you know, perhaps junior, less experienced uh, person. The days of, of doing in-depth discovery are, are much later in the sales cycle. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's interesting that you raised that in the research I've done with over 10,000 CEOs and executives and how they make and approve decisions. We, we asked them, what are the questions you have to ask in order to make an informed decision to either approve or deny a request for a purchase? And we put them through a very specific process to do this. It's generally collaborative in nature um, to come up with first a list of what are the five questions, then we narrow it down to three questions. And people ask the same three questions every time, which is, what problem does this solve? Why do I need it? And what's the likely outcome or result? The challenge I see with this is that Oftentimes people give a demo and to your point, they're 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 doing that show up and throw up. Let me show you these fifty features and you, Miss Customer, can figure out which of these features apply to your situation as opposed to let's find out what's most important to you, or let's let you type in what's most important to you, and we're gonna show you just that. In in my in my prior business I ran software and technology companies for the better part of 20 years. And we, w- we would often um, – there, there was a certain product that we resold. We, we had our own software with a certain product we resold where the, all the partners who sold it would complain that it took at least a half a day to demo it. And we were the top-performing partner, and our average demo was 20 minutes. And we're at this national sales meeting for this company, and they said – and people were complaining about the length of the demo – and the CEO says, well, Ian, you guys are the top partner. How long are your demos? I said, 20 minutes. And you know, everyone kind of ruffled like, ah, oh, it's BS. <laughs> and, 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 they, and they said, well, well, how is that possible? I said, well, we just show them the three or four things that are most important to them. And people said, well, well, how do you know that? I said, oh, oh, we ask. So <laughs> we ask up front to figure out what's most important, and then we show them those things. And it sounds like – that's very similar to the model or the framework that you've enabled with technology. So it doesn't even need to be attended. The individual can, in essence, find the things that are most important to them and have the software show them just those things that are relevant to them. Is that is that the gist of it? Yeah, exactly. Ian, I mean, you, you look at a diverse buyer set, right? You look at the fact that they're that, – that, and the Gartner reported that 95% of the buying journey is not talking to the salesperson, right? They're disconnected, and if you want to think of it that way. And now they want to see your product. And you know what we have come up with is, you know, and, and a great analogy would be: my wife and I go to buy a car. The car salesman spends all his time talking about how fast this car goes from zero to 60. And my wife's thinking, we're buying this for safety, for the car seats and for the young babies we have. And I lo- I, I'm not able to buy that car now because she thought all about speed. She's The, car, the salesman was solving a problem that really didn't exist and, 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 and actually cost the sale because they didn't understand that that buyer. And what our software allows for is – you put your everyday content, your demos, right, in a digital framework 
we kind of, if you want to call it this, we kind of say, you take your everyday demo, we'll put an Alexa-like experience on top of that so that Ian can, can, can come up to the UI and type in a question, do you solve the MLQ problem for my company? How do you help sales close more business? How do you, you know, again, to your problem, right? Here's the three or four problems that I, as the, as the, as the user of, of Amadim's technology, are able to ask. And we then find the right video and we bring the user to the right section of the video where that problem, that solution is being demoed, being discussed. So it allows Ian to come in and get his answer in a short period of time because we now live in a world where I know you, Ian, you're not sitting through a 90-minute scripted you know, demo as an executive. You're going to want to come in, get your, get your questions answered, and, and move on. So we're kind of solving that disconnected problem where the buyer doesn't talk to the salesperson as much. They do a lot of research on their own. Number two, when that buyer is attention span and their answers, they want the answers now, it allows them to go get the answers right now on what is top of mind to them. And number three, later in the sales cycle even, a lot of the buying time, buyer's journey is spent on this notion of validation and internal buy-in, right? And Gosh, the demo was four weeks ago. The demo was, you know, four hours ago. Uh, do you remember what was in that demo? Now that buyer can go back and look at that and, 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 and experience it again and continue to ask questions. Hey, my boss just said, uh, tell me about the ROI. Boy, that wasn't covered in the meeting. Let me go see how this software helps me with ROI. Oh, my, my boss just asked me, hey, does this integrate with our back-end marketing automation software? Gosh, we didn't ask that question. Let's go back in and ask that. So it allows that buyer to utilize what is your most important asset, your product, to validate and get that buy-in in their way, on their terms. And by the way, our research shows that over 50% of all demos, again, ours are online connected, right? So our customers' customers do their demos before nine and after six, 55%. So if you're, you're Ian, to your, to your, your original statement where those, you know, someone wants to understand the problem and, and why do we need this? Suppose that CEO wants to get that data on Sunday morning. Yep. As a seller, you're only open nine to five. You kind of like cause the problem for that buyer that this is the executive small business. If you and I were in business together, we can't spend between nine and five looking at other people's software. We've got to run our business. I want to see it. We have a customer that's in the restaurant business, and they the restaurant owners can't really get a demo during lunch hour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they they want to do it at night, right? When they, when it's slowed down, or maybe it's a you know it's it's one of the days they're closed. That's when they do their work. So I think this notion of the of the demo being available on the seller's terms during the seller's schedule and presented the way the seller thinks is important to you, Ian. You've hit on it, right? Is that's not the buyer's purview. The buyer comes at it from. I'm looking to buy. I have a job. Your software is very important to me. Let me engage with it on my terms so that I can understand it. By the way, I, we our technology records all that activity in a sense of, of data so that if the seller notices and sees you're asking questions that the, the demo didn't cover, I can jump in and say, Ian, I noticed you asked about parallel workflow. That wasn't in our content, but here's the new content that will show you how we do that. Or uh, you, your team has asked this question 10 times. May, 
can I give you further information around that topic? Because it seems to be very important to you. Yeah, you so, know what? That's fantastic because you're, you're tracking that information. And one of the things that I want to make sure is not lost on the audience is we're talking about the, the notion of a demo. But really what I'm hearing is this applies to any video. So I could imagine if you're a politician, if you're somebody who has any sort of marketing content on your site, you know, you can be a professional services company and have a video that talks about here's the core stuff where we really help our customers. And your quote demo is a video of people on your team talking about different things you solve for your clients. And rather than giving the client a menu of 75 different little video segments, you just get to say, well, tell me what you're trying to solve and I'll direct you to the clip that's most relevant for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, I mean, uh, this this idea originally kind of started to ferment inside me when I, I was I was I won't mention the name of the company, but I was a, a, a user of their technology and I wanted to go learn how to do something in their technology. And they had twelve hundred videos. Well, holy mackerel! Trying to find the right video was it was a challenge. It was it was you know measured in hours, and then trying to find the right section in that video when the only tools you had were play, pause, fast forward, and rewind. Well, gosh. Times have changed. Our technology allows that that content to be searchable inside the video. So to your point, yes, any any message you're trying to give to your prospect, whether the prospect is a buyer or a customer, by the way, we support the whole buyer's journey from from buying to support. But to your you know, to your point, I can now allow that that, that information to be conveyed 60% of, of executives say they want the content in video as opposed to copy. Number two, Drift came out and said that last year 50% of their revenue was tied to right their, their sales cycles had video in them. So video is playing an important part. And then another study by Workstream said that the uh, ability to retain information is nine times greater with video. So video is starting to take over the world, right? We're starting to really YouTube and all other channels of video are being consumed. So it can play a huge advantage for your customers, your prospects. But to your point, and it's very important. I'm glad you brought that up. If you just inundate them, right, with thousands upon thousands of, of, of clips, they're, they're never going to consume it. People like to either do through a journey where you've given them a path to consume video, allow them to search, which brings them to the right video, the right section, or, hey, here's a list of 20 topics that are covered in our, in our video content. Click on a topic. It brings you to two or three videos. You watch two or three minutes of each one, and now you've learned that topic. So exactly. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the, whole, the whole notion of, of people consuming via video, it's funny. I, I, I spent years – writing articles and writing columns in Forbes and Inc. And I've written hundreds and hundreds of articles. And over the last year or so, we've shifted all that content entirely to videos that are mostly distributed not only on my website, but Facebook and LinkedIn. And the engagement level is exponentially higher with content that candidly takes us less time and has a greater impact. And what I realized in my business, and I think most people realize, is look, if you're in the business of people buying your written word, then by all means, if you want to keep typing it out, that's great. But if you're in the business of people interacting with your software, then let them interact. If you're in the business of a professional service, then give them the experience of interacting with a person 
and video does that better than anything else. And I just think that the people who have not embraced video um, will either perish or will adapt. Yeah, yeah. And and to your point, you know, and 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 and, and that. That video is a great. Think of that services company, right? When 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 you are getting ready to implement, boy, you know, in addition to having the skill set and the knowledge, it, it's the person behind it, right? I mean, you want to know who's going to be implementing it. Customer success, you know, being able to explain, you know, what you're doing, and you here's some features you may want to upgrade. Boy, you can't like get to 500 customers with a single person, but man, now a video can't. They can come in and say, hey, you've released 20 features. I don't need all 20. This is the problem I'm trying to solve. They ask that question and lo and behold, it says, hey, these new three new features may help you. Maybe now you get an upgrade, right? Think of support, right? In the, you and I are working with software, you know, we're using, you know, a product today. Let's say we have a problem with it. 65% of all tickets are how-tos because we don't want to call a consultant. We don't want to open an SOW. So we just send a, a question to the help desk. Hey, how do I do this? Yep. 65%. Well, gosh, if you had a problem with your gas grill, whether I send you a manual on how to do it or, Ian, here's a video on how to do what you're asking. You just type in the question, how do I connect the gas tank? And it brings you to the 12 minute and 11 seconds where the, the, you're being shown on monitor A so that now you can look at it on monitor B if you were you know, working with software. It's just a much better medium to convey, teach, explain, and personally engage with that 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 buyer but i think the you know we're trying to solve that problem and help organizations through a technology that really allows that video to be consumed right in a, in a, in a manner in which your buyers want to your buyers customers want to consume it so so greg i love that this is directing the customer and recognizing that the customer might have a half a dozen people who each have different interests. So they all don't have to sit through the same 90 minute demo. They each instead get to look at the six minutes of content that's relevant to their areas of interest, which is phenomenal. How does this change the role of the salesperson going forward? Yeah. So we find that, that you know, again, with that, 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 that study that suggests that the salesperson gets limited time with the prospect slash opportunity, now they can engage quicker and be able to say, hey, uh, Ian, uh, you, you want to see a demo? I'll tell you what. Here's our environment, demo on demand. You can go and let me show you how it works. You can hit topics. You can do journeys. You can ask questions. Play with it for the next 72 hours. And then the, the salesperson now, right, to your question. Early on in this in this in this podcast, you said that discovery. What are the problems now? The salesperson knows Ian came into the demo. That's good to know that Ian was engaged. We know that Ian it, it, it logged into the demo. B. Ian asked these six questions. So now, when I have that follow up call with you, it's not about blue sky. It's Ian. I understand these to be your problems. You, you took the demo. What else can I help you with? Right. So now the the salesperson who's busy as heck, but they're able to engage directly. And then as that opportunity continues, right, that buyer is disconnected. You can now do that scripted 90-minute demo, record it, I'll make it available to your buyer so that now you're providing the right information to the right user at the right time so that in your world, they make the right decision. They buy your software, right? Yeah. And it really aids you know, the salesperson, I, you know, I don't mean to pick on people, but, you know, I, I started off as a pre-sales engineer when I joined Ariba in 1997. I, I love that world, right? It's it's a hard job, right? It's really difficult to give a really, really good demo. Today, because of the fact that the product is front and center, 
a lot of companies, and because of the cost of a good pre-sales resource, have said, hey, let's let the BDRs and the SDRs do demos. I'm sorry. You interviewed and hired them because of their prospecting and cold calling and qualification skills, not their demo skills. So are you actually hurting yourself by – you know, asking salespeople to do something they're not good at instead of what they are good at and then utilize technology, right, to make them better at what they are supposed to be doing. So, again, it's a little bit, you know, my opinion on that particular topic. Uh, oh, sure. But I, I think that the, the valuable part here is that if you have if you have 50 reps, we know that when it comes to who gives the best demo on this part of our software – we know it's one person. One person gives the best demo on that. So why do we let the other 49 people try to demo that section when instead we can capture a video of that one person doing it and each person specializes in what they do and now you're providing a platform where the customer can simply say, here are the questions I've got and the, and the software delivers what they want, tracks all that. So now the rep knows here's the questions they're asking here are the problems they're looking to solve. And now I got to believe that using this platform, your typical rep can now handle a broader territory or uh, more potential clients more efficiently than they could otherwise. Yeah, 100%, right? So all, everything you just said, professional, consistent, available when the buyer wants it. But think about um, it, it uh, you know, kind of a not talked about topic is that. When you your, – your inside salespeople, your SBRs, your BDRs, your salespeople start to engage and give that demo, only 5% of those people are actually buyers. They're, they're, they're tire kickers. They're early on in, the, in, 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 their, in their exploratory trying to you know, problem solve. They may not be buying for another six months, nine months, a year. Boy, if your salesperson is spending 95% of, your, of their time on – giving demos to non-qualified prospects. And by the way, it's never the salesperson. It's typically sales and pre-sales. Sure. So multiply that by two. Wouldn't it be better if you could figure out, let the that, let that top of the funnel process work through with technology, then your salespeople have more time to spend on real opportunities and do a much better job. Um, and to your point, we're now bringing forward our best and brightest demo techniques and demo people to that prospect early in the funnel to get that wow factor. It just, it makes a lot more sense than, you know, you or I just going out and doing a show up and throw up demo and hoping that that's a real prospect. You know what? I, I, I love it. And it's one of these things where I often say that the challenge in most organizations is not a, not having, it, it's not that they don't have enough opportunities is that they don't have the time to spend on the right opportunities and that's where the client feels like they're being neglected. So I, I love the approach you guys are taking. Hey, Greg, what's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about what you guys are doing at Amadim? So you can find me at Amadim.com. Um, if you forget how to spell it, it's mydemo, spelled backwards, .com. So uh, look forward to having you come there. All my contact information is there. Um, you know, Jump in, talk to me. Let's have a conversation about how we can make your organization uh, you know, better at what you do. Fantastic, Greg. Thanks for sharing your insight. Ian, thank you. Here's a quick 30-second recap of the key information Greg shared. First, remember that there's a bounce rate of 85% on demo forms, and over 50% of all demos happen before 9 a.m. or after 6 p.m. So your customers want video, not copy, and 
You want to make sure you're delivering the information that each individual needs or wants for their evaluation at the right time. So think more intelligently about how you provide video and other content targeted specifically to your customers. Remember, this show gets a direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic I should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer.